Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tent Talks Podcast. This is your host, Stacy, And um, we got Kimmy, Kimberly Mehmet on sound editing and production. Today, I want to talk about childbirth and women and racism. And <laughs> it seems like a uh, seems like a lot there, but I want to break it down. I went to midwifery school. I never became a midwife. I've been to a lot of births in the role of a birth doula. And very rarely was I a birth assistant or a midwife's apprentice. That's my background of experience. So I'm basically saying I've had a little bit, but I'm limited. Anyway, there was this conference that we had and we flew out a guest speaker and it was an anti-racism conference and we were learning about what role that has on birth outcomes mother and infant mortality rates seeing if there was any information that was actually evidence based or how data was collected or why birth outcomes are significantly worse for people of color. And this looks like needing interventions. It looks like deaths in both mother and infant. It looks like more need. It looks like more time spent in the ICU or the newborn intensive care unit. It looks like so many negative outcomes are happening that are very, very across the board in every single state we're experiencing this, but it, it happens with people of color and their birth outcomes are so much more troubled than a white woman's experience. And it's like, is this lack of care with, with care providers? Is there so much internalized racism that they're just not receiving care? Remember that this is more far reaching than income level. So it doesn't have anything to do with money or access to care in terms of measuring this on a poverty scale. It's just literally ethnicity. And it's just so interesting that all of the data from every single state every year is showing the same outcomes. So there's a lot of investigation and a lot of questions being asked by scientists and by psychologists and by doctors and by women and mothers having these experiences. Like, what the hell is going on with our healthcare system? What is going on with people's experiences? Why is this happening? And it's just this sad realization that racism is alive and well, and we don't even recognize it. Last episode, I talked about having an internal landscape that's so white-centered, and it's really hard to branch out of that because you don't know you're doing it when you're doing it. And so I talked a little bit about there was an Instagram challenge to look at your white supremacist belief systems. And I took that challenge. And as part of that, I started following a lot of people of color, and a lot of specifically women, people of color, and looking at their experiences and reading and learning from them, and trying 
my hardest to decenter the white experience or my whiteness from the whole collective experience and how I show up. So we talked about that last episode. And I have been feeling so strongly about this. And I was thinking, where did this all come from? And it came from this conference where we learned about women and their bodies and their experience and, and how even just having a skin color that was not white or showing up as white presenting and not showing up in a white body is automatically going to increase your need for emergency care or for death, the possibility of you or your baby not making it. And I just thought that was so fucked up. And I felt so passionate about that. And the level of stress that is endured and the unconscious bias and the unconscious treatment of patients who are not white. It's its just, it didn't even make sense. It was so mind boggling. And I couldn't even wrap my brain around it. And it stuck with me so hard that I became obsessed with with a quest or with a a passion to understand how I'm contributing to this. Because if I'm going to be a midwife, you know, back in when I thought that I was going to be a practicing midwife, there's no way that I wanted to, to carry on that trajectory of having clients that weren't getting the best possible care. And I didn't want that to be because of my unconscious bias and the ways that I was allowing racism to flow through my care of people that I that I wanted to assist. So one thing that I really loved in following a lot of Black women on social media is that it's a chance to be educated but it's not asking them to do emotional labor that they're not also doing. And it's really easy to support people who've written books or who are already taking a platform of education on social media. If they're already doing it, it's great because you're not asking somebody else to do emotional labor. You're just supporting them and giving back to them if they're already doing it. And I would recommend a handful of books. I'd recommend a handful of followers. But I think what's important is to do the individual journey to find what resonates with you and what voices you're attracted to and how you want to learn. But I, I did come across this really cool analogy for learning and it's a story about an elevator. But before I want to give that analogy, I want to explain why it's so important to, as a white person, to learn how to decenter whiteness and, and how to work doing anti-racism work. It's so important that you take some personal initiative right away, because for you to ask people in your life specifically persons of color in your life to explain and educate. It is so much emotional labor for them. And it's not their job. It's actually our job as white people to stop upholding racist systems that we're a part of and supporting. So I want to tell you about a time that I lived in Colorado and I was I was working at this very elite spa in Vail, Colorado. There were two locations, Beaver Creek and Vail, Colorado. And I was working on a lot of celebrity, a lot of 
just like trust fund people. They just, I mean, if you've ever been to Vail, you know the story there. It is very exclusive, very high end. And then just imagine that I'm working at a top spa there. And the behind the scenes of the spa is a total shit show. But what's interesting is I moved there and the guy that was the manager of the spa, he had to basically help other massage therapists transport to get there because there wasn't enough local help, right? He had to find people in places that massage licensure switched over easily. So Utah was a place, Canada and Florida. I lived in a house with massage therapists and I was the only one from Utah, but we had several people from Canada and several people from Florida. And we were all just doing this seasonal job, working in this spa, working on all these ritzy, ritzy people. I ended up being friends and kind of singling out two individuals and they were both not white. It wasn't a big deal to me, I didn't think, and I didn't think there was anything like to learn from that, or I just thought I could carry on as normal. And boy, was I wrong. There were a lot of things that did not translate to them as they did to me. And an example of that is our Costco card. I had a Costco card. It was not my face on the Costco card. It was my roommate back in Utah. We just shared a Costco card. But there was a Costco in a neighboring town where we were. And so I would send my friends with the Costco card. Well, any white person could get away with using my Costco card. But any of our roommates who were not white or not white passing, they could not use the Costco card. They were rejected from the staff at Costco. And we were like, what? This is impossible. I use this all the time. And they were trying to explain to me something like, hey, it's because they're racist and this is a white community. And I don't totally feel safe doing this because it it puts me at risk to use your Costco card or your roommate's Costco card or whoever the fucks this is because like I'm clearly not white. And I had, I had no idea. This totally went over my head. And I was like, no, we're just getting gas. Just do it. It's no big deal. And sure enough, like they couldn't use my card. And all I had to do was just use my card and we could use it. But it had nothing to do with the fact that that image didn't match my face. But they didn't care. It was just because I was white and there was a sudden threat that they couldn't use it. I, I don't even, it was just so subtle. And it was, okay, I'm starting to believe you. Okay, I'm starting to believe that there is something about showing up in a brown or black body in the US that isn't treated the same way as my body. I mean, I bet I was denying all of these experiences. because I was just like, this can't be happening. At restaurants, the way that we would be treated, the way that we were seated, typical things like, we would all sneak and use the hot tub after shift. Everybody could do it except for people of color. And it's almost unbelievable because I was getting away with doing it with, you know, my other coworkers who were white, but I couldn't do it in mixed race company. And I, I just could not even believe what was happening. And I was seeing it for the first time and they were educating me and I, and I knew that it was taking a toll on them to be in situations over and over again. 
and being denied the basic rights that I just thought anybody could have or do or participate in. They were being denied those things. And I was still saying, no, I don't think it's because, you know, it can't be because you're you look different than I do. No, because there must be different reasons. I was searching for it because I didn't want to believe it to be true. And then I'm thinking about the Colorado, like demographics. It's very similar to Utah. It's probably way more diverse in a lot of regions than than Utah, I'm sure. I think Denver probably has a lot more diversity than Salt Lake City by a landslide. But then you get into, you know, smaller territories, whatever. I I don't know. I can't pretend to know the demographics, but I think it's quite similar, except for that Colorado's way more diverse. And it just got me thinking these experiences stayed with me because I think the amount of emotional labor that I was putting on my roommates really got in the way of our relationship. But I didn't know that I was making them do all this labor because I hadn't been awakened yet to systemic racist systems. And I'm seeing it right before my eyes and I'm denying it because I'm still having a hard time digesting the truth. And I think about all of the times that we got into fights or the times that tempers were at an all-time high and people were just really rubbing against each other. And it was because my lack of perspective and awareness, as I'm looking at it in hindsight, I'm seeing like, it's because they they had to do so much emotional labor for me to catch up to the fact that they were being constantly discriminated against and I couldn't see it. And how do you explain that to somebody without feeling like a total victim and with still maintaining your like dignity and your safety in a society. So fast forward to now, me like doing that Instagram challenge, feeling really revved about it with the birthing industry and just starting to listen for the first time, like really listening to other people's experiences. And I heard this analogy that has made so much sense. And it's to imagine that there's an elevator in a really tall building, and the elevator only works upwards. And if you're on a higher level, then to get down, you have to use the stairs. But people who are on lower levels, they can take the elevator up to higher levels. And if black women were on the, let's say they were on the ninth floor and all of white people start on the base floor, the bottom floor, when you ask black people or people of color to explain the ways that they are being discriminated and mistreated When you ask them to do that emotional labor, it's like asking them to walk down all those flights of stairs to come down to your level to say, this is how you are harming me. When in fact, what people could do, specifically white people, is they could take the elevator ride up and read some books 
follow some people on Instagram or social media or TikTok, whatever you're using. If there's already content created, start researching what it looks like to participate in the racist systems that we're a part of. Because there's so much like defense as a white person, like I'm not a racist, I don't have ill feelings. And you get caught up in the defensiveness, instead of the education, that it's actually you're probably not mistreating anybody on purpose. There's probably just policies or procedures that you're following, or you're just probably part of a mindset of, of even unconscious bias, where Maybe the Costco employees, they were just very casually looking at the photo instead of like carefully studying the faces. And so they were just trained to notice like really big physical differences. You know, like maybe it's just totally unconscious bias. But as a white person, it is your job to do some education, to do some labor, to hear some stories, to get invested in how might you be contributing to the problem that is a collective problem that we're seeing in our society of racism. And if you take that elevator ride up, maybe you can only go to level five or something on your own. But then the people at level nine, they only have to walk down, you know, four flights of stairs instead of walking down all nine. So you're helping the emotional labor of other people. But what that means is that energy can be spent like building relationships and building systems that are more inclusive. And the energy is preserved and can be shifted into something that feels more connecting and more harmonious. And it all just involves people on the first floor doing some basic education. And I don't want to give my specific references for what I've used to help educate myself because so much has come from life experience and just naturally being drawn to people or books. And, and I think that's such an individualistic experience because I, I do want to add that I was raised in a very, very overt, not covert, overt racist family. My dad grew up in Michigan. He grew up in segregation. And I think he has had a hard time adjusting and keeping up with the times. And my mom, very similarly, just through the lens of white Christianity, has a lot of opinions. And it carries forth in the work that she's done in in her world. So she has her own separate experience. And together, they, they created a very um, overtly racist education. But again, they didn't even know it. They would never call themselves that. They would never classify. They're completely in the dark about it. And as I've talked to them as an adult about certain things, there's a major disconnect. And we've all acknowledged that that we do not see eye to eye on these issues. And the difference is I've spent 
and dedicated a lot of time to my own education about what it means to show up in the world as an anti-racist and looking at systemically, because it's not personal. My parents are just products of their environment. But at any time, they could have also decided to like educate themselves. And I just want to really encourage people to take the deep dive. Just follow what interests you. I mean, it could be birth. It could be sports. It could be the food industry, the wellness industry. It could be anything. And just find out what it's like to show up in any of your interests if you weren't white. It's a great exercise. And it's going to lead you down some really cool pathways. And I'm excited for you to take that educational journey because, again, this is a collective experience and we're going for individual education and growth to change, hopefully, systemically what's going on so that there's not this exploitation and pain and suffering for people just based on the color of their skin. And in the birth world, this is a, this is a real issue where women and children are, are dying just because of the color of their skin. And if you look up wherever you are in, in the world and you look up your birth outcomes and you compare it to what's happening in the U.S., in any state, you will find that racism is alive and well and it starts in utero. It's not even something that that a person of color has to go through their life and, and live in the system. It happens in their mother's body. Anyway, thank you for joining me on this episode today. And I really, really encourage you to do all the work that you can to find out how this is affecting your life and how you may or may not be participating in some level of misalignment with how you feel. Cause, cause again, nobody thinks that they're being racist. It really, you have to do a lot of deep diving to find out how you're participating in a system that's actually holding the racist belief. It's, it's, it's really, it's not a lot of individual actions. It's something that's happening systemically. And so please do some individual work and just be drawn to what attracts you and what you care about. And and you'll find, you'll find some uncomfortable truths there, but it's time that we step up and it's time that we start changing the narrative for everyone. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, please share, and we'll see you next time on 10 Talks.